This episode of the news from the Permaculture Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support the show today by making a one-time donation at paypal.me slash permaculturepodcast or by using Venmo at permaculturepodcast or by becoming a sustaining patron by joining our Patreon community at patreon.com slash permaculturepodcast. For today's news of the world, we have a rewilding project, a surge in a nation's move towards renewable energy, and a look at how unbuilding can help limit the impacts of climate change on our communities. Rewilding Spain is looking to eventually fill 850,000 hectares, 2.1 million acres, of the Iberian Peninsula with Przewalski's horses, black vultures, and semi-wild cattle to increase and revive the biodiversity of the region. The process is underway and an initial herd of Przewalski's horses, seen as the last wild horses in the world, were recently reintroduced to the region, making Spain the second place in Europe where these horses roam free. As a permaculture practitioner, I feel it is vital to support and work with these efforts to protect and reintroduce native flora and fauna. Global populations of wild animals, plants, and insects have plummeted due to industrialization and human encroachment on habitat, and the future health and vitality of the planet and human well-being depend on our ability to reverse these trends, increase green spaces, and expand Zone 5 by focusing on our practices on Zone 0 through 3 and to buffer Zone 5 from our impacts through a careful management and limited use of Zone 4. In addition to these articles, so you can read more, I'm also going to include links to books on nature rewilding that I have found helpful, such as Eager by Ben Goldfarb and Coyote America by Dan Flores for those folks in the U.S., and Derek Gow's Bringing Back the Beaver for those of you in Europe. We turn now to the built environment and news that China is on track to hit that country's wind and solar power targets five years ahead of schedule. This investment by China in renewable energy means that they will become the global leader in solar and wind capacity, exceeding all other countries in the world combined. They'll be doubling their national capacity from 600 gigawatts installed and operational today to 1,200 gigawatts, or 1.2 terawatts, of wind and solar installed and operational by 2025. Though there are certainly conditions in China that allow the country to bring this much renewable energy online so quickly, that may not exist in other countries. I find that their capacity to do so reinforces that creating a decarbonized world is a matter of political will and systemic change rather than individual actions, especially in the global north. The United States, Europe, and other wealthy nations could certainly be doing this and more within their own borders. Another way that we can prepare for the future that is coming with climate change is to unbuild. In an article from U.S. News that proposes this idea, the process involves proactively preparing for rising sea levels and starting our climate migration now by relocating away from areas projected to flood and removing the buildings there, while also reducing our reliance on seawalls, levees, concrete river channels, and pumping stations. Instead, we move away from living on the water and mitigating with concrete to focus on nature-based solutions, some of which we're already familiar with as permaculture practitioners, like using rain gardens to slow and sink water where it lands, but also by building waterfront parks and restoring wetlands to absorb storm surges 
and give the water from storm events a place to go. As permaculture practitioners, I know many of us are already doing this in our backyards and gardens, or on our farms and homesteads. But to have a larger impact, these techniques require them to be implemented at a community scale. So I encourage you, if you aren't attending your local community's citizen advisory panels for things like environmental sustainability, urban forestry, planning, or housing, that you go to the next meeting, get involved, and make sure your voice is heard. Once you have, if you feel so called, I would also suggest joining the committee or council of your choice as a full-time member. Often the requirements to join them are as little as attending one of the monthly meetings and then applying afterward. In this way, you can bring permaculture solutions to community-scale problems. From here, we move to the news from the podcast. First, I'd like to apologize for the audio quality of several recent episodes of the news. I was working with a colleague recently to create some low bitrate audio samples for a project we were working on, and after recording those, I didn't shift back to the higher quality settings for my microphone recording software, but that is fixed as of this recording, so if you still hear some audio issues, certainly let me know, but we should be back to my traditional recording process and everything that goes with that. Also, the Permaculture Podcast and Urban Farm Podcast are continuing our search for someone to sell airtime on our respective podcasts. If you're someone with a sales background who'd be interested in doing more within the permaculture community, please get in touch with us. As we build your book of business together, this could quickly lead to a full-time job with a thriving wage. If you'd like to apply for this position, send a copy of your resume and any questions you may have to show at permaculturepodcast.com. You can also reach me at that address to share news from your world with me. While if you'd like to get in touch in different ways, you can also give me a call, 717-827-6266, or head over to permaculturepodcast.com and click on Contact to send me a direct message. Until we meet again, spend each day rewilding, reducing your reliance on fossil fuels, and increasing your community's resilience to climate change while taking care of Earth, yourself, and each other.